Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Valdo Lara here on 104.9 The Horn. We are looking live, ladies and gentlemen. Total care, primary care in Georgetown. Uh, 4410 Williams Drive. That is the actual address if you want to come out here and join us. Uh, been having a good time, though. Uh, shout out to the Total Care Primary Care folks who have uh, really been hospitable. Uh, matter of fact, we're going to be out the South Congress uh, location. We'll give you some more details about that. But we're out there for Toys for Tots. All right, so you got two more hours to come out here and join us just to say hi. But more importantly, Please bring a toy for the kiddos. It ain't got to be something spectacular. It ain't got to be something really expensive. We just want toys for the kids. Up to 12 years old, it's a really full uh, toy bin right now, but we want it to be overflowing for the kiddos. Also, and this is something we haven't brought up, you can register, come on here, for a gift certificate for a Cheezo's Boots. Yeah. You can register for a gift card for Cheezo's Boots. Um, so you also got a chance to win yourself something, um, but also bring out something uh, for the kiddos. Uh, really a great uh, event out here. We've been out here all day, actually. Started with Light the Tower. Uh, then my man Chad and Zay came out here, uh, and now we're out here as well, and we're going to keep the party going for the kids. All right, we got a lot to get into on the show. Uh, I want to get into the Dallas Cowboys and Texans match up just a little bit uh, because I heard uh, Lovey Smith had decided to name Davis Mills the quarterback, which means the Texans want to get back to at least competing at a higher level. But the big topic of discussion in this matchup is the point spread. It is the largest point spread of the NFL season. 17 points. It may be 16 and a half. It may be 17 and a half, depending on the book you're looking at. Now, I got some advice for my degenerate gamblers out there. I'm not judging you if you're a degenerate gambler. I'm a degenerate, just not the gambling variety. So I'm not judging you, all right? I got other degenerate qualities uh, that I got to worry about. But if you're a degenerate gambler, you want to hear this stat. So 17-point spread is the largest point spread of the season for any game in the NFL. You just don't see point spreads this big. Since 2005, been 29 of them, 29 NFL point spreads of at least 17 points or more, all right? And the teams who actually are favored are 27-2 straight up, but that's not what you pay attention to. Against the spread, the teams who are favored, 14-14-1. and 14-14-1. And those 29 instances of a team being favored by at least 70 points. It just, it's hard to cover that number in the NFL. It's just hard to cover a number that big in the league. Can the Cowboys do it versus the Texans? Oh, yeah. They can blow out the Minnesota Vikings on the road, hand the Vikings their worst home loss since the 60s. Uh, they can do that. They can, they can throttle the Texans. Uh, the only concern would be the Texans. They're bringing back Davis Mills. Maybe Davis Mills could, you know, potentially have one of his better games of the season. Here's something to consider, though. Uh, and I, I actually didn't realize this, and I heard uh, uh, Mike McCarthy talking about it. 
Mike McCarthy is a Davis Mills fan, apparently. Uh, he admitted that they were scouting Davis Mills and that they actually were really high on him. He said, quote, he's obviously someone we really like coming out of Stanford. Uh, he's got good tape. There are a lot of good things. And he said something really strange. And it made me think that, and we know Mike McCarthy has fudged the truth. All right, remember he said he watched all the Dallas Cowboys games before getting the, the job, and turns out he did not watch all the Dallas Cowboys games at all. Uh, but, hey, we have all lied in a job interview to get a job, so I'm not holding that against the man. Um, but he said something weird about the offense for the Texans. He said, and I'll give the exact quote here, he said the Texans have the most quarterback-friendly offense in the NFL. I know. I, I thought that was weird, too. He's basically giving a lot of uh, props to Pep Hamilton. Um, he said, quote, they're a traditional West Coast offense with Pep Hamilton there, and you see the multiple personnel groups every play, and just what you're trying to get done with that, just having history in that offense is clear. In my view, it's the most quarterback-friendly offense in the league, in this league. And I don't know if he's talking about the West Coast offense or Pep Hamilton's offense. He'd be more specific here. Maybe he's talking about the West Coast offense, period. Uh, so, you know, he said we'll definitely be challenged there. So maybe he's giving some props to Pep Hamilton. Um, based on what I've seen from the Texans so far this season, uh, this offense is regressing. The defense actually is, is it's not regressing. There are parts of the defense that are getting better. Certain players are getting better, right? Jalen Petrie had his, arguably, his best game of the season uh, most recently in that last game against the Browns. He had uh, 16 tackles. He had three interceptions. So the rookie's playing really, really well, playing at a high level. And even the pass defense for the Texans isn't terrible. Their rush defense is the worst in the league. Their pass defense, they're middle of the road in pass defense. They're around 13th in pass defense. I want to say in scoring defense, they're probably 23rd. Their big issues, they cannot stop the run. You can run all down the field on the Texans. You can run it down their throats. And really, most teams decide to work smarter, not harder, which is why they give up a lot of rushing yards and not a lot of passing yards. But the problem that's hurt them the last couple of weeks has been turnovers. All right? uh, when Kyle Allen was the starter, he was 0-2 as a starter. But seven turnovers for the offense in that time span. Seven turnovers in two games. That is, it's untenable. If you're the Texans, man, you're just, they're, they're downward spiraling at this point. The 27 points scored by uh, the Browns in that game, fourth most by a team in NFL history without scoring an offensive touchdown. Fourth most ever for a team to not score an offensive touchdown in the Super Bowl era. Um, the Texans lost three games. All right, sorry, the last three games. They've lost those, but last three games. Scored 39 points and allowed 35 points off of inter interception returns for touchdowns, fumble recoveries for touchdowns, and kick returns for touchdowns. Three defensive touchdowns allowed in the last three games, in each of their last three games. Cleveland was the seventh team in NFL history versus the Texans to return an interception, a fumble, and a punt for a touchdown. That's what kind of dumpster fire the Texans are right now. So if if they continue on that path, and right now a lot of things are pointing to them continuing on that path because I don't know if Brandon Cooks is going to play. Uh, and they're dealing with you know a lot of instability at the quarterback position, obviously, and they can't run the ball anymore. Damian Pierce, who is I believe eighth right now in the NFL in rushing. Um, he right now is hitting that rookie wall, I think. Now, 
He did have um, 18 rushes for 73 yards versus the Browns, but he's not breaking tackles at the rate that he did early in the season. Early in the season, he was top five in the NFL in forced missed tackle rate and breaking tackles. Not breaking tackles like that anymore, so I think he's hit a bit of a wall, and if that's the case going into this game versus the Cowboys, arguably top three best defense in the league, you know, I don't see him having much success. Now, I will say the Cowboys, if you, their Achilles heel is their rush defense, but it's improved a ton since Jonathan Hankins has become more acclimated and Damone Clark playing more. Damone Clark playing more actually has improved the Cowboys' rush defense, um, which means you know, that's why he overtake, overtake, overtook, I should say, the uh, reps for, J, uh, for the, uh, J, Jabril Smith. Uh, Jabril Cox, excuse me. They thought everybody thought Jabril Cox would come in and get more of those reps, and I think he was early on until the Cowboys realized they had a rush defense issue and they needed a more stout run defender. Damone Clark has been that guy for them, um, and even in the uh, last game for the Cowboys against the Colts, they tested him because you assume he's going to be a liability in pass defense. He wasn't terrible. They targeted him three times. He allowed two receptions, 17 yards. wasn't terrible. So the Cowboys' rush defense is getting better, which is those two personnel moves playing more Damone Clark and playing more Jonathan Hankins. Uh, and against the Texans, they won't have to worry about that. Their biggest concern with the Texans, honestly, is going to be the corner opposite of Trevon Diggs. Not concerning like it's going to cost them the game. That's not a question at all. Concerning it, the, the Cowboys are going to be troubleshooting during that matchup. They actually admitted it uh, in their press conference this week. They're going to be troubleshooting that corner opposite Trevon Diggs, try to figure out who the best option is going forward. Uh, Kelvin Joseph, boss man, Fats is going to start at corner for him. He's gonna, they're going to give him every option, every possibility, I should say, um, to try to take that job. They want him to win that job. He was a high draft pick for him, second-round pick. They want Kelvin Joseph to be the guy. If he disappoints or underachieves, um, they're going to go to Nation Wright. Uh, they said, and then if Nation Wright can't provide them with some more stability there, they're going to have a rotation to see if Kendall Sheffield or the new acquisition of McKenzie Alexander can fill that void. Deron Bland is going to stay at nickel, says Mike McCarthy. They like him at nickel. He was the highest graded defender in the NFL in week 13. He's talking about, he had a 94.3 overall grade in week 13. Two interceptions uh, on seven targets. He allowed two session with only nine yards had a pbu at a cover stop he was legit he was in the zone had you know one of the best games from any defender all season we've seen on that cowboys defense so he's going to stay at nickel form with jordan lewis being out and with now anthony brown out they're going to experiment with four different corners and see which one of those guys is going to give them the best shot that's going to make the cowboys defense somewhat vulnerable because you know now the other corner opposite trevon Dix, no matter who he is um is it's going to be uh exploitable Right, you're going to be able to exploit that that guy. I think ultimately, if none of those options work for you, if Kelvin Joseph disappoints, Nation Wright can't get it done. Kendall Sheffield and McKenzie Alexander, they are obviously bad uh, options for you too. If I am Dan Quinn, I think Dan Quinn's going to think like this. He's a positionless football guy. I think he's going to he's going to employ uh, deploy maybe uh, three safeties. And his three safeties, probably bet one of the better safety cores in the NFL, the Donovan Wilson, Malik Hooker, you got J-Run Curse. Go with a big nickel package, three safeties, and your two corners would be Deron Bland. Move him out from nickel, two corner, and then you have Trevon Diggs. So I think you got five options. That's probably the fifth option if Kelvin Joseph, Nation Wright, Kendall Sheffield, and McKenzie Alexander don't work. It's enough options. You'll find a solution there somewhere. So I would, if I'm a Cowboys fan, I wouldn't freak out about that at all. Um... One thing also the Cowboys fans should be celebrating 
You're getting Tyron Smith back at one point in the next um, two to three weeks. He's in his 21-day practice window right now, which means any time in the next 21 days when he looks like he is capable of being a starter, they're going to activate him, and then he'll be your, your starting left tackle. You'll probably move Tyler Smith around your rookie who's been fantastic. You'll move him around, um, and don't forget you still got Jason Peters. So the Cowboys' offensive line actually is going to get better as the season closes out once they get Tyron Smith back. That's a scary thought for a team that's been really physical uh, and running the ball really, really well too. A couple stats about the Cowboys that I, I think are leading to Vegas thinking uh, they should be a 17-point favorite in this game. Cowboys lead the NFL in point differential at one, plus 127. Texans are last at minus 99. So the Texans have lost by more points than any other team in the league. Cowboys have won by more points than any other team in the league. So that's your, your big point spread there. But what I, I love this stat about the Cowboys. And DVOA is a very, it's an, it's an advanced analytical stat. It, I'll bore you half to death telling you exactly what DVOA means. Um, but just the, the kind of loose version of it is basically it, it's, and I think Football Outsiders was the first one to come up with it. So it's, it's their stat. Uh, I think others use it now. But initially, uh, DVOA was a Football Outsiders stat. And um, I've been following Football Outsiders forever. They do great work. So essentially, it is a quantitative metric that compares your play situationally all right, as a team to the averages around the league. All right, and the averages with your other team. That's the... the the kind of clip notes version measures a team's efficiency by comparing your success or a team's success on every single play to a league average based on situation and opponent. All right. So DVOA, and I believe it stands for defensive adjusted defense adjusted value over average. Look at the Cowboys DVOA. Actually, since week eight, uh, the Cowboys are second in DVOA in the NFL behind the 49ers. Just real quick. The 49ers DVOA, 56% since week eight, is nearly 20, is 20 percentage points better than the Cowboys at 36.6% in that time span. All right, it's like really nerdy stuff, but this is what you'll like, Cowboys fans. So take DVOA since 1981. Look at the Cowboys' top eight teams based on DVOA since 1981. Basically, since Rod B's been on the planet. I'm an 80s baby. 1980, but 81's long enough. Far back enough. So in 19... So I, and I, I went and ranked them. So ranking the Cowboys DVOA since, ni- since 1981. The highest is 1992. 35.5%. They won a Super Bowl. Uh, second highest, 1995. 32.7. Won a Super Bowl. Third highest, 1994. Lost in the NFC title game to Deion Sanders and the 49ers, I believe. Uh, their fourth highest, and this may explain why. Remember last year, Jerry Jones kind of freaked out when the Cowboys lost? Was real hurt, thought they had a chance, thought there was something special potentially about that team, especially with adding Michael Parsons to it as a as kind of a young, dynamic rookie. The fourth highest DVOA for the Cowboys since 1981. 20, last, last season, 2021, had a 30.9% DVOA. They were 12-5, and five and they lost in the wild card round. 2022, based on DVOA, is the fifth best DVOA for the Cowboys since 1981. And 
and the others ahead of them, of three of the four, they went to the NFC title game. Two of those four ranked ahead of them, they won the Super Bowl. If you go to the sixth highest DVOA for the Cowboys, it was in 2009. They went 11-5, lost in the divisional round. Heartbreaker because a lot of Cowboys fans thought they were, they were better uh, than losing in the divisional round that year. Should have made a run. 1993 is the seventh best DVOA, won the Super Bowl then. And 2016, uh, that's their eighth best DVOA since 1981. They were 13 and three, lost in division round. So this team, if you look at the advanced stats and analytics of DVOA, this team is one of the Cowboys' better teams in the last 40 years. There you go. And it's, so it's it is you're you're in a position to make a run, and I can see why Jerry Jones wants to potentially go all in with this group. That brings us to the Odell Beckham Jr. conversation, which I'm not sure where this is going. And maybe Jerry Jones is just trying to get publicity, trying to get clicks for the Cowboys, keep the Cowboys at top of mind. Even when they're winning, maybe Jerry is still playing that card. I can totally see it. But Jerry Jones won't let the Odell Beckham Jr. story die. He won't let it die. It's like Pet Cemetery. It just keeps coming back to life every time we think it's done. Now, we thought when he refused, or reports where he refused to work out, for the Cowboys, the Cowboys would move on because they need a more immediate solution for them trying to make a playoff run this year. Ed Werder reported that the Cowboys had concerns about Odell Beckham's physical, that his recovery was far uh, was not far enough, um, would allow them to take steps to put him on the field and utilize him this year, and they were looking more at 2023. We thought that was the end of the conversation. Jerry Jones, when asked about Odell Beckham Jr., said, quote, we're still working on it. Yeah. It's, it ain't over. They're still working on it. And one, uh, one, uh, Ronald Fox through the fan actually spoke with Ian Rappaport about it, and he said, quote, I know there were some reports yesterday, but I haven't gotten a sense the Cowboys have cooled at all. And I think the other teams are probably on the same page. I think everyone believes that it's going to be late in the regular season and into the playoffs when you're going to get a contribution from Odell Beckham. So he's hinting Odell you know, that Odell still might be in the mix for the Cowboys. So just keep your ears open, keep your eyes open. Maybe it's Jerry playing with our emotions. It could be. Um, but know, something tells me that uh, there's some smoke there. It might be a little bit of fire um, that the Cowboys actually may still make a move with Odell Beckham Jr. And maybe this is all, maybe these, you know, theatrics are to depress the market. He's a negotiator. Man knows how to make a bargain, knows how to get a bargain. Maybe he's trying to depress the market because that's one thing that this whole Odell Beckham Jr. story to the Cowboys has done. I think it has deflated the value of Odell Beckham Jr. Because now everybody's saying, oh, he's still hurt. Oh, he's not fully recovered. Oh, he's, he's not ready to play this year. He's only going to play next year. Oh, I'm not going to invest in a guy that's not ready to play right away. And if he wants a long-term deal, this may be affecting his ability to get that long-term deal he wants. So uh, definitely has less leverage, but I think his market value has now decreased. That's exactly what the Cowboys want. And maybe that's the reason um, for all of the, uh, the, the histrionics, if you will. All right, we'll come back. We'll get into, on the other side, we'll get into Roger around the day. We got to talk about Neon Dion Sanders. I've been compiling some reports about what Dion's doing over there in Colorado. There may be a former NFL coach that is joining him as well. We'll get into that. Also, snatching coaches from the SEC. Uh, we got to talk about that. And if I was being recruited these days, would I? 
um, be looking for prime time. We'll get into that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104 and Other Horn. Is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to... Ball don't lie. Time for Raj ran the day. And I got a couple of things I want to get into here, talking about the Deion Sanders story. And remember I told you guys that this is going to be a rare event. I mean, it just is. It's going to be a rare event, Deion taking over Colorado, for a lot of different reasons. Um, and I think some of it is circumstance and situation, just timing for him. But all of it, some of it is his, his brand that he's bringing uh, to, this, to the table and to Colorado. And I saw this, um, <laughs> this quote from uh, Klyovkov, actually, the Pac-12 commissioner, which got me to thinking, like, man, Dion's impact, you know, maybe we aren't, you know, maybe we aren't giving it a, enough credit for what it could possibly do for the Colorado brand. So this is what Pac-12 commissioner George Klyovkov said. Um, <laughs> he says a factor in delaying his team's new media rights deal. This is a real quote from Ross Dellinger. Go look it up. Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov says a factor in delaying his league's new media rights deal was the impending hiring of Deion Sanders. Quote, he adds value. <laughs> Deion Sanders adds value to their, their media rights deal for the entire conference. But it does, it, it, I think he hits on something here. Now, I don't know how much of that is you know, true that he added, how much value he added, how to quantify that. But he's bringing a brand to Colorado. Colorado used to be a brand. I told you, it used to be the it school. I was being recruited by Rick Neuheisel. We have a random Rick Neuheisel story coming up later on. Stick around for that. But I was being recruited by Rick Neuheisel when he was the head coach up there in Colorado. It was one of my five finalists um, when I was being recruited to play football at the next level. It was between Texas, Texas A&M, um, Colorado, Florida State. All right. And, yeah, no, Penn State. Yes, don't just, I know. My dad gives me enough uh, grief about me having conversations with Jerry Sandusky. I don't remember it. Maybe I put it out of my mind. My dad claims I like Jerry Sandusky. I know. It's horrible. I, I, I had to, obviously, because I made it one of my final five schools. I, I live with some regret. Trust me. That is one of them. But anyway, I digress. Getting back to it. Um, you know, I made uh, Colorado one of my final five schools because it was in its school at the time. I remember the guy Dion Figures and Cordell Stewart and Rashawn Salam and Michael Westbrook and Eric Bieniemy. They had stars. Uniform was clean. I took a trip to Boulder and loved it. Matter of fact, me and Marcus Tubbs was up there together, uh, as a matter of fact. Uh, but obviously things changed. Uh, Rick Newhouse left. That was pretty much the biggest reason why I decided to dip out on Colorado. But remember, they kept competing. You know, we lost to Colorado in a Big 12 championship game. So, and that was when I was playing. So, you know, they aren't too far from being the it school they were. But getting back to Dion, he's bringing a brand. Right? It, it, it's basically, it, it reminds me of kind of brand or ce- celebrity endorsements. That's basically what Colorado's getting. They're getting a celebrity. Remember I told you that Texas had the greatest offseason, Texas football had the greatest offseason in the history of college football for a team coming out of a losing season? And why was that? Because they got the greatest celebrity endorsement argument in college football history when they got the Manning family. All right? And Archie Manning to say, I'm going to Texas. You know they just lost to Kansas and they went 5-7? and seven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to Texas. Okay. Then we must have all missed something. Because that means you convinced the Manning family. All right? You convinced the Manning family to believe in your vision. If you could do that, that's a hell of a celebrity endorsement. 
That's what Dion's doing for Colorado. They just got a celebrity endorsement from one. And, and throwing this out there, I mean, how many times have we seen? Because this is kind of a supernova. How many times have we seen a professional football Hall of Famer coach D1 ball and become a head coach? I'll wait. I'll wait. I don't think you're going to find any examples because it ain't happened. With a pro football, because pro football Hall of Famers, they stay at the next, they stay at the high level. They ain't, ain't got to come down to college and coach. Why would they have to? <laughs> He's a Hall of Famer. And yet Dion is going to make the case for being the greatest player turned head coach in college football history. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Because he already can make the case he's the best player. <laughs> like, ain't nobody going to be better than Dion. Now he's got to go prove that he's a hell of a coach. I know. It, 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 I'm talking about unprecedented stuff. Now, here's something else. I read a Dan Wetzel article. Um, Dan Wetzel wrote a piece about Dion recently. And he had some really interesting things to say that kind of echo the sentiment that I brought up about Dion being a game changer and an outlier. So Dan Wetzel had some quotes. And I think the article uh, says, I think the title is, All Eyes on Coach Prime, Dion Sanders about to shake up the college football world. And in the article, he says, there are two excerpts I'll read for you. He says, one excerpt says, you might also find, <clears throat> it says, 15 to 20 talented high school recruits who longtime recruiting expert Mike Farrell predicts will immediately vault to the buffs into a top 25 recruiting class. He's saying they already got 15, 20 guys ready to go. That's going to make them a top 25 recruiting class already. On the day that Dion committed, Winston Watkins, a five-star receiver from, from Florida in a 2025 class, <laughs> Decides to commit out of nowhere. He's just like, ah, Dion's there. I want to be there. I want to be a part of it. It also goes on to say here uh, in this piece, you know, talking about the, the, in the, uh, the, the Dan Wetzel article here, uh, it talks about how uh, one, uh, I guess it's a Pac-12 coach here, because he doesn't really list who the coach is, say Pac-12 coach, says uh, that basically he thinks a lot of guys on his squad <laughs> Want to go to Colorado and want to go hang out and be with Dion. So that's, that's this is the kind of stuff we're talking about. And there was a, another report, and this one's actually from Josh Newberg. He is an on three recruiting analyst for the Colorado Buffaloes. He says that 200 plus portal transfers uh, have already made contact with Colorado. He, yeah, he's saying that basically there have been 200-plus transfers. There are thousands of guys in the transfer portal, by the way. But he said 200 of them. They've made contact with CU. They're making Dion's job easy. They're reaching out to Dion in Colorado saying, yeah, I'm a four-star, I'm a five-star. Can I be a part of this class that you're putting together? We don't really see stuff like this very often, folks. It just, it just doesn't really happen. And if you go look at um, – there was another uh, quote that I know I'll get that for you too, but you go look at Dion's recruiting prowess, right? He can get 
because it, it said already that uh, Travis Hunter, who was the number one recruit in the country that he got to go to Jackson State, is also confirming that he is going to follow him to Colorado. He's going to follow his coach. Uh, that's his guy. So he's already proven that he can recruit, but think about his recruiting ties when he actually does go on the trail. These are the reports are, you know, these players want to play with Dion or play for Dion. But when he goes to the recruiting trail, he's got ties and allegiances on the West Coast where he won Super Bowls with the 49ers. He got ties to Texas because of the Cowboys. Won Super Bowl here. Got ties to Georgia. Probably the third or fourth best recruiting mecca or third recruiting ground in the country. He was with the Atlanta Falcons. Born in Florida. Went to Florida State. So out of, you, you, if you take the top five most fertile recruiting grounds in the country, dion has got ties to all of them. Georgia, Texas, Florida, Cali. <laughs> say literally, spend time in Mississippi. Mississippi is, oh, Mississippi, you can look at um, per capita, NFL players produce per capita by state. Mississippi's always in the top six or seven. Guaranteed. Go look at always in the top six or seven. And this is one thing I was talking to my man Derek about, and I brought it up earlier too about uh, Dion. I brought it up last week about Dion. This is why hiring Dion to me was a no-brainer. And, and I said that hey, I'd have hired him, you know, prior to this. I'd, I'd have hired him earlier this year or even last year. Because even if Dion fails, <clears throat> and I'm a Dion fan, so I'm a little bit biased, but even if Dion fails, he's going to leave you in a much better place than you were prior to that hire. You know your recruiting is going to improve. We're just giving you the examples of that. Hell, if he can get the best player in the country to go to Jackson State, he can, he can, get, he can get players to come wherever your university is. Guarantee that. That doesn't matter. We all know that. And you go look at it, the free publicity. We're talking about how many times we talked about Dion in Colorado already the last two weeks? The free media? I mean, there are some people that theorize that President Trump won the election. On free media. There are some inside political insiders that have stated that they believe Trump won the election on basically free media. <laughs> and that's basically what Colorado's getting right now. They're getting a ton of free media. President Trump, and this is from uh, Quant, Media Quant. President Trump got $5.9 billion in free media during the presidential election uh, in 2016. Hillary Clinton got 2.8. She spent more. He got more bang for his buck, more value. And I think we all know how it turned out. It worked out for him. <laughs> all right. So my point is the free media can't put a price on it. Everybody around the country now talking about Colorado. Everybody. They're, they're get, they're, matter of fact, next year, I got I to gotta go out of my way and figure out when Colorado's playing. We don't get their games. I got to go figure out when they're playing. We got to ask my man Derek where the watch parties are for Colorado now so we can go there and watch Dion and see how they're going. And you know what? Most of y'all thinking the same thing. Yeah, I got to see Colorado play next year. Got to check that out. Making a must-watch television. And you know how he can do that? Because he did the same thing in the NFL when he played. He made playing cornerback must-watch television. Think about that. We used to tune in just to watch a cornerback play defense. We would never do that today. You would never get people to go, oh, I got to watch that Deion Sanders versus Andre Rise, and ooh, it's going to be nice. Deion versus Jerry Rice, ooh, I can't wait. Deion and Michael Irvin, ooh, it's going to be nice. Deion's going to be acting a fool out there. We were little, it was must-watch television. It was appointment viewing to go watch Deion go up against a great wide receiver. We don't do that anymore. Nobody does that. You don't, that's the last time you did. We don't do that. Deion made us do it because he knows how to sell. He's a salesman. And there's one other thing to consider, too. 
Because I think you are looking at potentially this confluence of of circumstances that could lead to a a a great success story for Dion. Now it could fail miserably. I'm not saying it, it, it might. It, honestly, there's there's a good chance it fails. <laughs> there's probably more chance that it fails than succeeds. I'm gonna bet on Dion because I like Dion and I like his style. But it could fail. And I'm not saying he can't. What I'm saying is, I guarantee your program will be in a better place after you hire Dion from the free media, from the recruiting, from the NIL deals, from the boosters and the donors getting excited. Hell, bringing some swag and some style to your program. You know the man's gonna do that. But think about the confluence of things happening, right? We're in a social media age. What's social media all about? What's all, what's all about? Self-promotion. Who's the greatest self-promoting football player? Maybe ever. Maybe ever. Yeah. In a social media age, that's dangerous. Because he don't need the television or he doesn't need the media right, to promote him. He's got, he got his own means to do it. The confluence of social media... Also, NIL, which is a game changer. We all know it, right? The free market has hit college sports. He's talking about NIL, name, image, and likeness for a brand like Dion. He brings, he's his own brand. And he's going to bring other brands with him like Aflac and uh, Nike and all these other brands. They're going to come because they want to be a part of his brand. And now he's going to integrate that brand and those brands with CU's brand and create something new. All right? Like that, you can't, I mean, in our world, that's also something kind of unprecedented. With the transfer portal, free agency, with the free market, inextricably linked, we know this. And then realignment. Just talked about George Klesko saying, no, me waiting on Dion to get this media rights deal done. He brings value. You're damn right he does. Brings lots of value. Hell, they could be, Colorado could be going from the Pac-12 to the Big 12. And Dion makes them more attractive. Right now, if you're Brett Yarmouk, you're going, yeah, actually, I was thinking about Arizona State and Arizona. I was thinking about trying to get, you know, Oregon and some of the uh, – maybe now you're thinking about Colorado. Like, yeah, Colorado, man, they used to – they did well when they were in the Big 12, close to, close to Texas, ties. And Dion might want to get there. And I guarantee you, Dion, you know, he's hits uh, – his, his, whatever his opinion is about realignment and all that, I'm not saying it's going to be a determining factor, but it will carry some weight. And think about all these different things are happening now at the perfect time. We just embarked on NIL. Transfer a portal. Out of control, but still, it's a relatively new thing. People still trying to figure it out, still trying to conquer the transfer portal with social media. And now you got the first pro football Hall of Famer, now coach at D1 level, who is a recruiting supernova? Guys, we are in, we are in the midst of experiencing in my opinion, a cosmic event, potentially. They say one of the rarest uh, uh, astrological events is when you can get like five different planets aligned with the moon. That's what's happening here. NIL, (laughs) transfer portal. Uh, You got, you know, Deion Sanders now coaching at the Power 5 level um, with the realignment, only horizon, all those things. You know, I, I do think if Deion plays it right, all right, you, you gotta have it. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta play it right. If he plays it right, I do think this could be hugely successful for Dion. I know some people are, you know, they don't like Dion's style and the way he does it, but his style, and I know you don't like it. Think about it though. Even before social media, wasn't his style very similar to what the young people on social media are doing right now? Right? It's very, um, 
it's braggadocious and bombastic. <laughs> he almost, I mean, he really does. He fit. He speaks their language. Remember I told you, he's the first hip-hop. He's a true first coach that I would say is a child of the hip-hop generation. His the- he comes up with a theme song every season. Every season he has a theme song for his players. It was YG, uh, I won't say the title of it. Do but, you know what it is now? Uh, it was Man Right Here, Mystical. When he came in and – Oh, you say got a new one for CU? I think he, he – whenever he talked to the, the players, whenever yeah. he did that, the song was called All Eyes on Me. Oh, it's Tupac. Yeah. Is it Pac? I think so. Wow. He, made, he brought up the Pac because he's right. Everybody's watching him. Yep. Oh, and that's why I love him. Like, think about it. There's never been a head coach at the college level that's been a hip and had a hip-hop album. This man, is, this man has had a hip-hop album and has become a coach. You've never had that happen. You have coaches around the country right now that are hiring young coaches because they speak the language, right, of this generation. They speak the hip-hop language of this generation. This guy, this is native tongue. He's a native son of the hip-hop generation. He was born into it. He starts talking to these young kids about he, – he had a rap battle with his son on Instagram. Who the hell – whatever the hell coach you know is going to have a rap battle with their son on Instagram who's also the starting quarterback. Your coach can't do that. Not only can not only he won't do it, he can't do it. Dion is doing things that your coach can't do and won't ever be able to do, like claim that they're the greatest cornerback in the history of football. You can't do it. Your coach can't do it. Can't. Your coach can't say, oh, yeah, man, I hang out with – all of the Hall of Famers. You want me to call Jerry Rice? Let me call Jerry Rice right now. Hey, hey, Jerry. Hey, man, this dude loves you, Jerry. You can't do that. He can do it. <laughs> We've never seen it, guys. I'm telling you, it's going to be crazy. It is a truly rare cosmic event. And if, it, it, if the stars align and everything aligns, um, it's going to take, take over uh, the college football world. You know, Jerry Rice's son played at Colorado, too. That's right. Brennan Rice. Didn't they have a – then when the – went in a Montana up there too at one point? Was that – Who? Was that? Uh, uh, no. Uh, that wasn't you guys? I don't think so. Okay, you just had a rice up there. No. Yeah. Um, I, well, I don't know if they're that close, but I was just making a random example. <laughs> but uh, my point is uh, that Dion is doing something right now we haven't seen in a long time. I wish him – look, I think it's going to work out. But like I said, even if it doesn't work out, you're going to be much better off if you would be without – um, a guy, a dynamic, magnetic personality like Deion Sanders. All right, we come back. Uh, we'll get into some of the other big stories of the day. Come right back. We're live from Total Care, Primary Care, out here in Georgetown, 4410 Williams Drive. Come out here and join us, having a good time. Toys for Tots, Toy Drive. If you come out here, please bring a toy for the kiddos. Uh, the box is it's getting full, but we'd like it to be overflowing. All of that and more right here when we come back right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. We are looking live, ladies and gentlemen. We're hanging out here at Total Care, Primary Care uh, in Georgetown, 4410 Williams Drive. You come on out here and join us. Got one more hour left, uh, but you can can uh, do some good. Donate to the toys. Toys, donate to the kids. Toys for Tots is why we're out here. Uh, started early today with my man Craig Way on Light the Tower. Uh, then Chad and Zay. Everybody brought toys on their own. Uh, but a lot of the uh, the fans and listeners have brought toys, too. Really appreciate all you guys. 
guys uh, and all of your, your kindness helping us out today with a uh, very uh, worthy cause for Toys for Tots. We'll be down uh, South Austin, South Congress tomorrow uh, at Total Care, Primary Care. We'll give you some details about that coming up a little bit later on. Uh, real quick, we were talking about Dion, and I, I got buried one of the leads uh, in the Dion story. Uh, one of the uh, reports is that Dion is going to bring in Mike Zimmer. Uh, Mike Zimmer, the former NFL coach and former coach of the Minnesota Vikings. That report has been not disputed, um, but I say maybe expanded upon because he's just not going to, I guess, join Dion right away with a title. Now, that was reported um, by Larry Fitzgerald, actually, Larry Fitzgerald Sr., uh, he reported Mike Zimmer, ex-head coach, will be Deion Sanders, defensive coordinator at Colorado after going 12-0 at Jackson State. He gets pay raise, fresh, but whatever. He, just, he was joking. But they, that's what, that was the report. Um, that has been, like I said, not disputed but expounded upon because Brian Crystal, uh, who at BK Denver, he said to piggyback on this, I talked to a source close to Mike Zimmer who said that his arrival in Boulder in any capacity is far from a done deal and that he'd like to explore NFL opportunities. Um, that source added, they wouldn't be surprised to see Zim at CU, but it's not imminent at the time. Uh, Brian Howell also saying, per multiple sources, Colorado is hiring uh, Alabama associate defensive coordinator Charles Kelly, um, who also was in charge of the uh, cornerbacks uh, there. Charles Kelly, assistant D.C. and safeties uh, secondary coach, I should say. Um, he had prior connections actually on the Florida State staff with Tim Brewster, who was also on that uh, uh, Colorado staff, was on the Jackson State staff with Dion. But he's following Dion to Colorado. So some people believe that Mike Zimmer will indeed follow Dion to Colorado, and I think he will unless he gets a better opportunity in the NFL, at the NFL level. And if that's the case, he'll decide, you know, what he wants to go to the NFL. But there are, just, there are uh, I would say, two different reports about Charles Kelly being, uh, being assigned the defensive coordinator uh, duties and responsibilities. And then there's another report that Mike Zimmer is going to get that defensive coordinator title. I think if Mike Zimmer comes, he gets the title. If Mike Zimmer goes, Charles Kelly gets the title. That's what I think. And how is Dion paying all these coaches he's bringing in? I have no idea. Because Colorado still doesn't have the money actually on hand to pay Dion just yet and Rick George the AD admitted that they don't really have uh, the money on hand just now so that's coming down the pike we all assume all right we'll come right back we'll get into uh, the Thursday night football game tonight Uh, we'll tell you a very strange story that unites all of us um, around Rick Neuheisel strange stuff we'll talk about that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie 104.9 The Horn